Sometimes members of Congress do, well, stupid things. Well, just about all the time they do stupid things. But five members of Congress, uh, senators, wrote a letter to YouTube. For some reason, these five members have decided to either unethically and possibly illegally use taxpayer money to enforce the policies of a private company. Now, what happened was, is this letter was written and it was targeting 80% videos. 80% videos are against YouTube's policies. These senators went out there, they found videos. One of them was mine. I had taken my 80% videos off YouTube. They just happened to have found the one that I forgot to take down. They wrote a letter to the CEO of YouTube saying, here's these content creators, here's the videos and how many views these videos have, and they're against your policy. And we're letting you know because this is a danger to society. Well, sometimes when people do this, sure, they took the videos down, but they have another unintended consequence. They happen to get people together. And that's kind of what this video is about. You know, this, this podcast is with P80 Ralph. He had three videos. He's lost his channel before on YouTube. He has a new one. And, um, well, P80, and, P80 Ralph and I got talking offline. And I went, hey, you know, I got a spot that opened up in the podcast. How about you jump on? So he's like, sure. Now, P80 Ralph and I, really before this letter... We've never talked to each other. I mean, I've known his channel. He's known my channel. Um, I've subscribed to him. He subscribes to me. And, but we never talked. So all this letter did is really brought two content creators together. And um, here's the interview for it. But before we get the P80 Ralph, let's pay the bills. This episode is brought to you by Brownells. Most of the tools on the pegboard behind me, I bought at Brownells. Not all of them. I mean, there are some that were bought elsewhere. But most of my gunsmithing tools have been through Brownells. When I was in FFL, Brownells was my go-to place for buying gunsmithing tools. If you want to see the content that I've created with Brownell tools, go to www.trb. FYI slash Brownells. And if you're going to buy at Brownells, make sure you click at one of the affiliate banners on that webpage. It won't cost you any more than you were already going to spend, but a little bit of money comes back to the channel so that I can continue to bring you content. With the bills paid, let's talk to Ralph. Ralph, tell me about your love of guns. Sure. My name is uh, Ralph. I go by P80 Ralph on Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. Um, I was born in Brazil, and I came here when I was eight years old. 
my mother went through the citizenship program and uh, got me and my brother our citizenship. So we became Americans, uh, I think when I was like 11 or 12. Um, we were raised as non-gun folks. I, I was under the impression my entire life that only cops and criminals were allowed to own guns. <laughs> um, what was it like three, almost four years ago now, I was at a, a job site. I work construction and we go from different job sites uh, every few months. And I was at a job site and my coworker and I were talking and he showed me a picture of an AR and he's like, hey, bro, check this out. What do you think about this? I said, that's pretty badass. What the hell is that? And he's like, oh, it's an <laughs> AR. I built it and this and that. And I said, hold up, hold up. You built that? that and and he went into the details and he's like yeah you just order the parts and the barrel and you got to drill the lower and all this and that and i said yeah i want to try that <laughs> um i've always been an artist so you know i've always painted i've i've worked on cars i draw and i've always liked working with my hands when i was little i would take apart my toys just to see if i yeah. can put it back together and uh, there was always a screw, uh, a screw or two left over. And I'm like, eh, it's probably not important anyway. <laughs> I, but, I uh, always said that as a kid, like Huffy should have hired me because I would have saved them millions in parts that did not belong into their bikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to, uh, yeah, bikes, uh, skateboards, uh, uh, RC gas powered trucks and Anything that was considered cool, I, I got into. Um, so anything that you could take apart and put back together, uh, I did it. <laughs> so before getting into firearms, I was actually a big car guy. I was into the whole Honda scene. And um, I was, I'm ashamed to say, I was one of those loud Honda Civics on the road. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I transitioned into a quieter, more comfortable car. You know, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm 30 now. I need an adult car. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm turning 34 next week and I've been in the firearms. Thank you. I've, I've been in the firearms since I turned 30. So almost awesome. four years for me now. Awesome. I mean, you know, that's a hell of a story. If you think about it going, um, <laughs> From, you know, first of all, coming to the United States from Brazil and then growing up in that whole, you know, people don't have guns to building your own guns. That's a huge step. I mean, yeah. you know, most people go out and, you know, they get a 22 and learn how to shoot and stuff like that. Now nah, you're like, let's start building. I want I want uh, I want to get to the fun stuff. No, yeah, I went balls deep. I started with the AR, and then I realized you can build Glocks through the uh, polymer 80 lowers, and then I got into that, and I, I just something about the P80s. It was just so – how do I put this? Uh, there was a huge sense of satisfaction knowing that I built that and then going to the range and firing yeah. it and realizing, like, wow, I built this. <laughs> It's funny because there's a lot of people that I talk to, um, you know, a couple of other content creators that, you know, I, I guest on their podcast every once in a while. And and every once in a while, you know, an 80 percent question comes up in the, in the audience and they're like, yeah, I'm like, all right, understand that if you're getting into the 80 percent builds, it's not because it's cheap. That's that's kind of a, a common 
thing that people like, I'm going to do this and it's going to be cheaper. No, it's cheaper to go buy a gun off the counter at the gun store than it is to go build these things. That's true. Um, and it really bugs me when people like comment on my videos or send me messages and they're like, hey, what's the cheapest gun I can build? Like in my head, I'm like, you already have the wrong mentality coming into this. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like you're looking yeah, for exactly. the cheapest shit. I'm sorry, are we allowed to curse? Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> oh my God. I'll, I'll try to censor I'll, myself. <laughs> I, I, trust me, you're you're not going to offend me. Um, well, you know, we talked offline. Uh, I grew up in Philly. So, um, we, yeah, there's adult language is very staple in my language. I'll just hit the, uh, I'll, I'll hit the little switch on, on this one and we'll have some fun with it. With it. Um, okay. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, my, my whole thing is when I start talking to these people, I'm like, look, bro, you're, you have the wrong mentality. You're looking for the cheapest yeah. shit, but you're trying to get a reliable build. That just, it doesn't go together. You either yeah. want something cheap that's going to require an extensive amount of work and replacing parts in order to get it to function properly, or you can do it right the first time. Um, and it's funny because <laughs> I watched your videos coming up. You helped me a lot uh, in my that's building um, my building career, I guess you could say, you yeah, can... the rogue banshee popped up many times on my on my searches, and I was like, yeah, I, I really enjoyed your. How do I word this properly? Um, I enjoyed the way you put the videos together so smoothly and thoroughly to where it was like step by step. You could keep yeah. up. It wasn't a bunch of extra words thrown in there. It was this is the connector. It was you put yep. the connector in the trigger housing. Like you made it so like an instructional like video you'd watch in school or something. Yeah, it, it's funny because I get, um, that's really why I started the channel is, you know, I, I would watch a, a YouTube video and and I, I've learned so much off of YouTube. It's not even funny, but it's like somebody puts a gun together and like, okay, we're going to put the sear in. And you're looking at a pile of parts on your, on your table there and you go, well, what's a sear, right? <laughs> and then and then they pick it up and then they put it in and then you can't see like inside the gun or, you know, the camera is so far away. You're like, well, what did they do? So yeah. when, I, when I started my channel, that's, I went, all right, this is all the stuff that drives me nuts. So I'm not going to do that. You know, how do I solve this? And I solved it with understanding uh, lighting and exposure of a camera and then putting the stills in, right? Because, you know, especially those really early videos, um, um, I, I get a lot of people that laugh. The newer videos are a little faster. Um, you know, I, I, I don't pause as much. But um, I, get the, I get the comments of, um, hey, this kind of reminds me of when I was in the military and we were learning how to maintain a gun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was like, you know, and, and I joke around with my wife because, Yo, I'm not gonna say those those videos are boring, but you have to have a purpose to watch them, right? It's not they're, like they're I'm just gonna go watch video. this, and um, and that's the that's the hard part about those videos is that, um, you know, I get lots of views on them, but you know, it's a very specific thing. It's not like it's not gonna get a hundred thousand views because those people don't need to watch the video, but. But that's why I started doing it. And I'm glad, I'm glad that they helped 
anybody out. Um, and especially you, I mean, you know, those early, especially my early 80% builds, there wasn't a lot of videos on 80%. And, um, you know, I actually stopped doing 80% videos because the, the new people putting out the content, they can just do it so much better than I can. Um, that I was like, like okay, like, who? um, like, uh, Marine gun builder when he was doing his, okay. Um, and I'm like, you know, it's funny because I've had comments on mine. They're like, don't watch this, go watch Marine gun builder. And they, they, they get all <laughs> like, like pissed off. And I'm like, you do realize that this video came out two years before he even started his channel. I mean, yeah, that he has taken the art of building those polymer 80s to the whole next level. Next um, level, yeah. That's that's not what we had when we started building those those things. So it's like, and that's and, why I went, I'm not, you know, these guys are, you know, I've got other content to create. These guys are specializing in it. Let them right. specialize in it because they're great. You know, it's funny you mentioned the comments because I've, I came up watching Marine Gun Builder as well. I've, I used to, you know, before you ever click a video, you always look at the view count and the time. Like, how long yep. is this video? How many people have watched it? Okay, 50,000 views, 45 minutes. This must be worth it. So I would yeah. take the time to sit down and watch it thoroughly in order to understand the step-by-step. -step. And Marine Gun Builder actually really opened my mind as far as, um, how to troubleshoot, how to yep. take a part that's out of spec and make it work with the other parts. Because one thing I didn't understand at first was why does this trigger work in this frame, but not in that not frame that with the exact same slide? It didn't make sense in my head. I was like, it's the yeah. same part, just a different lower, but it wouldn't work. And he's telling us, you know, Sometimes it's the rails out of spec or your pinholes are not perfectly right. And I took the time to watch every video to learn everything. And it got to the point where I said, you know what? I think I can do this too. <laughs> yeah. So I took the camera and I put it overhead and I started going at it. Just like you said, it's all about the lighting, the sound and the content. It doesn't matter if you have a million dollar studio. If, if your content is worthless, no one's going to watch it. Yeah. Like for me, it took, honestly, it was four years before I even started my channel. Um, I was researching 80% build. So um, Mosin virus was basically my, um, my crack to, or, or my gateway drug to the 80%. And he, he has great videos on 1911s. You know, we were talking offline beforehand. My first, my first build was a 1911, and 1911 builds are—they're not for the faint of heart. <laughs> I mean, they really aren't. Uh, and even I mean, not even just an 80% 1911 build, just a 1911 build in general. Um, They're—you—you you learn really quick with 1911s that you. You know, you could put the gun together, but it not, might not work. And you're like, well, what the hell? And then it's like, oh, I got to file this down to make it fit right. And you, you monkey with those 1911s. And he 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 did some awesome 1911 builds. I mean, I 
I've talked to him on forums and I've always joked around with him. I go, no one has ever made me want to take a file to a gun like Mosin. Um, and then, you know, I had fun with that. That first gun build, um, I have a spreadsheet somewhere. I think after I bought all the tools, all the parts and everything, I think that like gun build was, uh, it was like 1750. Yeah, that that's gun. why I never got into the 1911s. Most recently, I saw someone post on Twitter a link for, a, was it a Sarko 1911 kit? Yeah. It's like, it was like three, 320 shipped. I was like, all the parts for a 1911? 320? Well, I'm there. So... So, so it's it's funny you bring that up. Um, on my webpage, I didn't do a video of it, but on my webpage, like the number one hit webpage uh, webpage on my webpage is um, an eighty percent nineteen eleven for under four hundred dollars. Was that and the Sarco? It, it was the Sarco kit. Um, okay. I had a, I, I it was a, and I used an all steel frame from Tactical Machining. Um, and it was on sale. It, it was a blem. Actually, it was a blem um, frame. And I put that thing together. Now, it was under $400 because I had already bought all the tooling um, beforehand. Right. But uh, that Sarko kit, I, I mean, you are not going to build in the class of, you know, a Wilson Combat or anything, you know, on any of those, uh, those high-end handguns. But... Um, you know, I put it together. I I had to fit a couple of parts. I took it to the range and it went bang. And I'm just like, awesome. It's funny because uh, I did a video of like checkering the front strap of a 1911. And it was actually that build, that gun build. Um, God, it's I funny. don't know what I that just, means. <laughs> uh, so, all right, I'm going to step away from the camera because I know I just had that gun here like yesterday. Um, <laughs> So for me, the 1911, uh, I, I played around with the Sarko parts kit and I, I was watching a video. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was your video. You were showing something about a 1911. And the first thing was how to put the link onto the barrel. And I think I've spent 30 minutes trying to pound in that pin and get it flush so that the barrel uh, slipped into the slide. And I, yep. I just I said, you know what, I'm going to just put this away and I'll come back to it. <laughs> So this is the gun. Nice. Um, and then here's the checkering on the front strap. So on the oh, polymers, okay. it would be stippling. So, so these are it's just the equivalent to stippling. Yeah, these are lines that are cut in across okay. and then up. So that way there's these diamonds. Checkering. So, I got you. Yeah, it it's so that's the checkering. And then um yeah, so this is the the Sarco slide. This is what I like about recording uh, rather than going live is because we can handle guns and record. Right, right. <laughs> but that's the Sarco slide. Now, um, I don't have some of the internals in here because I did a video on the checkering and then I did a video on making sure everything is flush in the back. So have you, one thing... Have you... I was going to say, have you seen... The 3011. No, I haven't. <laughs> no. So the only reason I got into the uh, 
the the sarco kit is because there's a couple folks in the 3d printed gun community right now working on a 3d printed 1911 frame you know i knew that they were working on it but <laughs> it's funny because i'm googling it right now and i'm looking at it at, at all the pictures man that is a funky looking gun um yeah but yeah um oh you see the 3011 <laughs> yeah yeah i'm looking at that Crazy, right now right? Like, <laughs> that's, that's a funky that's a funky looking pistol so um, i didn't like how that look i just thought it was so weird and most recently i i realized that these guys were coming out with the actual 1911 and that's the only reason i got into it but it's 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 not as easy as you know no, these folks have been working on this for months 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 and they still can't get it to re uh, reliably function because there's so much fitting involved and, well, and I thought, you know thing. what? Well, I was going to well, say, you know what? Maybe I'll just build a 3011. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, that's the whole thing with a 1911. Like, I like to say um, building building your Glocks, you know, your, your polymer 80s and stuff, that's like uh, great for beginners. Right. Um, if you move up into like the P320, the, the JSD kit. A little more advanced. Kind of, that's kind of intermediate. Yeah. This you got to know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> yeah, the P320 um, was uh, I put off the P320 for a long time just because of the whole drilling different holes and you need the special jig and you it just was out of my comfort level. <laughs> but well, um, I did the P320 because I'm a P3 P320 junkie. You were um, one I of the can, first ones, right? I I was. It's funny because so I've talked to to Jordan at JSD Supply. Um, I bought that kit and I put it together. Um, that was, yeah, I think that was my first 80% build that I, I did online. And uh, talking to Jordan, he's like, I loved it. He goes, you put that video out. And then for three years, I didn't have to put a video out of how to do, how to do my own product. You know, that's just, everybody's like, <laughs> how do you do this? Here, go watch this video. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, the, the Actually, I don't think the P320 is that bad of a build. Uh, there's some people that just don't like the P320. Um, well, they're like, there's all these little springs and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but after you after you've put like three or four P320s together, you've got it down. You you you've got it figured out. So it's for actually, me, the hardest part was getting that trigger to lock in place to finalize the entire thing. I couldn't pop that last pin in to get that trigger to sit and it just, it was driving me nuts. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate, I, I will tell you as much as I love P320s, I hate, um, I hate that trigger, right? Getting that. Cause you gotta, you gotta get that trigger in and it's got this little nub. You got to get into the trigger bar yeah, and it's gotta be it's like so kind of cocked in this weird thing to push like, it in. And then, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's it's a it's definitely weird and that's what i love because i've had comments of they're like how did you do that so easy i'm like you do realize that i edit my videos right <laughs> you know? tried that I mean, like five you times yeah you don't you don't you don't see the five times that i did it yeah that i struggled with it you just saw the one that i just happened to have caught on camera um right i mean i can do them now um but that is honestly putting those triggers in um that's more that's almost an art just yeah. knowing exactly how to position that trigger it's it's 
I don't know who came up with that design. Um, I really don't. So, it was a dumb. It was a dumb design. For me, I always stayed away from it because there was that whole misconception, or well, not a misconception. It was actually happening. The, it was the whole drop safety thing where the, yep. the the shit would fire if you dropped it, and that in my head was a big no go. I was like, gun that would fire if I drop it? Hell no, I don't want this. But eventually, <laughs> I realized it got fixed, and they had the newer version, yep. and they changed a couple parts, and. I, I built up yeah. a Patreon and I had a lot of members really requesting that I do a P320. And I said, guys, I'm sorry. I just don't want to do a P320. These members, you know, shout out to these guys because they've really had my back uh, throughout the last year. I want to say um, they individually bought different parts. Somebody bought a barrel. Somebody bought a slide. JSD sent me the lower parts kit, the jig and the the mup so through the community together they all made me build a p320 <laughs> so i watched your video and putang clan's video both of those videos yeah. helped me build my p320 so yeah, yeah. I, I got through it one day i said you know what today's the day it, it i had that jig and that mup sitting in the closet for like two months and i was like today's the day i'm gonna do it <laughs> took a yeah, few hours with the hand drill i didn't even have a drill press you know and everyone's like no you can't build a mup with the hand drill and i was you, like watch me <laughs> you you can it's just easy it's easier I, I will tell you um jsd supplies lower you know that that mu uh, that um uh, mup that, yeah that mup one that has got to be some of the toughest steel that i have ever drilled though yes i mean yes. even even with a drill press i was oiling the crap out of that drill bit to I get had zero oil zero uh, oil i was going at it you're, uh, the you're tiny that bit up well i was going little by little just yeah. you know <laughs> but the tiniest bit i forgot what number it is i think it was like a point point 0.38 or something i don't yeah. remember all the it was I, the I tiniest the tiniest yeah. one for like one of those rear pins, I think it was the rear roll pin or something. That one broke inside. So I I don't even remember what I did, but I ended up just pulling it out and I just somehow I got it done. <laughs> just the Andrew, no oil, just went at it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not impossible. Um, I've talked to other people that did with a hand drill. It's not impossible. I, I'm just telling you that I am glad I have a drill press. Uh -huh. I bet. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was, um, that was an interesting build. Um, it, it was, it, it was a lot of fun, uh, just mostly because like I said, I'm kind of a P320 junkie. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I was an early adopter of the P320 when it came out. And then, um, I remember a buddy of mine's like, what the, what the hell did you buy? And then like two years later, he goes like, how did you know that this gun was going to like, just blow up? And I'm like, modularity. Everybody wants modularity, you know. Modularity. I used to, I you know, I used to be a a Glock fan. That I used to compete with a Glock, but going through starting to get carpal tunnel and stuff with my hands, Glocks. Um, well, they're just not the most ergonomic gun out there. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I went to Sigs, and I went I went to a Sig two two nine, so I had to get used to going double action, single action. Um, 
And then in competition, I would actually just burn off the first round to get to my single action. Um, <laughs> and then the 320 came out and I'm like, awesome. Yeah, trigger's not that great. Um, it, the first time I took it out to the, to the range, I like to tell everybody that that gun, I, 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 I like to tell everybody that that was like a bad first date, right? I mean, I went to, I went to the range and I'm like, I don't know if I'm keeping this gun. I really don't. I don't. And then my wife goes, you know what your problem is? I'm like what? She goes, you're expecting it to be your Glock. It's not your Glock. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, you know, coming, coming out of the gun where I think my 17, I think it was somewhere around a half a million rounds through that thing. Um, half a million rounds through one yep. pistol. Yeah. <laughs> what? What did you change on it? Recoil spring? Recoil spring uh, wore out the barrel. Um, firing, firing pin spring. Fire, firing pin spring. It, it, the whole, the whole upper was rebuilt. Extractor plunger and all that. Yeah, uh, it was, all, it was all rebuilt. Um, two yeah. extractors. I've been through two extractors. Um, that thing. Th so the greatest thing about that is I was shooting GSSF. Um, what's, what's that? So, that? so that's the Glock Sport Shooting Foundation. So that's okay. that's Glock that's Glock's competition. Okay. So so here's a secret for everybody that has a Glock. If your gun is out of warranty, I don't know if it if they do this anymore. At least they did back when I used to shoot it way back. Well, when I used to live in the same state you did, um, the are you could go to a GSS. You, you sign up for GSSF. It's like fifty bucks a year. If your gun is not working correctly, you don't even have to sign up for a shoot. You just show up to a GSSF match and they have a Glock factory armor there and they will fix your gun for you. Whatever's right wrong with it. Whatever's wrong with it, whatever needs to be replaced, they will fix it right there. Another um, trick that I learned recently is if you send in a blank slide to get sights put in by Glock and it's a strip slide, They'll send it back built, apparently. Oh, wow. Have you heard about that? No, I haven't heard that. So I, I found that out through... Uh, so I learned a lot of my information as well on AR15.com. Lots of good mm -hmm. uh, uh, posts on there. And uh, that's what all the folks were saying. Hey, I just paid you know, 60 bucks for these sites and they sent me all brand new internals. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, so, uh, that's not bad because those internals can get... I mean, they're not incredibly expensive, but it adds up. It's like a hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty um, cool. I've never personally tried it, but uh, it, it's a good trick just in case uh, the audience members do want to try that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, and like, so I was at a GSSF match in Fort Dix, New Jersey. Yes. I lived in Maryland and I purposely took a gun into New Jersey. Mm. Um, so I, t I went from one really bad gun state to one really awful gun state. <laughs> um, so while I was at the match, this Glock 17, so it was a, um, it was the second gen. Yeah, it was a, it was a gen two 17. Um, I, this thing was starting to jam on me at the match. So I went to the, uh, I went to the armor and I went, Hey, this thing's jamming on me. And he goes, okay, well, and he's working with the gun and I'm watching him. And what's really cool is he was 
explaining what he was doing as he was doing it. I'm mm, like, I like hey, this is re- this is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Well, you definitely need a new recoil spring." I'm like, "Crap!" And he just he reaches in, pops, pops one in. Yeah, I think that'll take care of it for you. And I'm like, "Okay, how much do I owe you?" Nah, it's part of your dues. And I'm like, "Okay." He goes, "He goes, hey, one thing I've noticed with your gun is um, you're cleaning it too much." I'm cleaning my gun too much. He goes, I may be guilty. So he goes, How often do you clean this? I go, Well, every time I shoot it. Yeah. He goes, No, 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 no. He goes, he goes, two thousand rounds. Two thousand rounds. He goes, or or unless or unless this gun's gonna sit for a while. And I'm like, I can't do that. He goes, Why not? I go. I I I gotta clean the gun every time he goes he goes, I am the master armor for Glock USA. <laughs> every armor that works for Glock is my employee. And I'm telling you, you're mistreating <laughs> your gun. And I'm like, I think I'm gonna listen to you. Right. And then he goes, okay. he goes, Do you have your cleaning kit with you? And I go, Yeah. He goes, bring it in, I'll show you how to clean your gun with your stuff. Oh. I'm like, this is awesome. Because that's the whole thing with the GSSF was is it's only open to Glocks, not even like polymer It has to be a factory gun, you know, an actual Glock gun. And then um, their whole thing was is, well, we're educating everybody about our guns. That's awesome. And man, I, I, I learned so much off of that guy. I'm like, that was worth the 50 bucks for the uh, for the membership. The I think it was like twenty five bucks for the shoot, and the day of travel to get there, just talking to this guy. Yeah, um, definitely. But no, it's I mean that's the thing is I I I used to love Glocks. I mean they they, they were great. They they went bang every time. Um, I I love Glocks. I have literally every night. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't say literally all of them, but I have pretty much. Most of them, uh, but in polymer 80s, not in actual yeah. blocks. Well, and, and that, so, you know, we were talking a little bit, you know, you don't build 80% guns for price, you know, for the cost. You build it for pride. I did I, that. That's mine. Yeah. Um, I do it for the experience, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's really where the 80% builds are. It's, it, you know, it, it's not price, it's pride. Um and that's what I like to tell, you know, I was saying I was on other people's podcasts. Like, that's what you do it for. You don't do it for the cost. You do it, you do it going, I did it. And then, you know, I cut this plastic out to fit this part in. Um, I ran into this out of spec part, which, you know, Marine Gun Builder was awesome at. Like the real rail. One of his greatest videos that I saw was um, his real rail. rail. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they, the front row. where he he talks about how hey, some of them are just off a little bit, and this is how you figure out whether it's the real rail or your pin. So and, about the rails, let me cut you off there for a second, ahead, or else no, I'm gonna forget. I have a I have ADHD, so I I forget really easily. <laughs> so the thing about the rails, there has been so many complaints about the rails on the P80 that they actually started remaking the front. Uh, rail locking block system to where they're wow. slightly smaller now 
and they'll fit perfect, but then your upper fits really loose. There's a lot of play on it. So what I realized is um, I had a couple of the CL kits. You remember the uh, PF940 yep. CL? Those all come still with what we call the black rails, the nitride coated rails. So we call them black and silver rails because of what they look like. The colors. Yeah. So the black rails are the older ones that are, I guess you would call them out of spec. I now understand that those rails are meant to be fit how you want your slide to fit. So I built a 34 to be a competition setup and I used specifically an older or the black rail because i wanted a tighter fit and i fit it on there i level sanded it and got it to fit perfectly how i wanted it to fit and that gun is nice like i love so, that build i'll tell you this you're ready for a 1911 yes. you're ready for a 1911 <laughs> build because that's that's all a 1911 build is just fitting everything it's fitting everything like when i did that slide onto this um you know i cut i cut my rails into this metal mm. and then i you on a 1911 slide so with 1911 slides you'll, you'll see or with 1911 parts there's two things you'll see uh drop in and or gunsmith uh gunsmith fit so drop in they undersize everything so it just you can drop it in and it'll 90 percent of the time it'll just work where you yeah. see gunsmith fit, that's where you're measuring your rails on the back here mm. with the gap of your slide. And then when you start putting this on, it doesn't fit. So you're putting on uh, what we, it's called Dykem Blue. So it's layout fluid. I have um, some that's of that, why yeah. You, uh, I used to see some on this, but I filed on this thing so much. Um so pretty, that's pretty much that shows you the, the high spots. Yeah. So you put it on, you see where the friction is. And then that's where you start, you start fitting this. Like this gun is tight. I mean, there is, I don't know if I can get it in there. There's like no I mean, gap on there. Yeah. There's like almost no gap in there. It's because it right I understand. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so. I, I had that fit and then I had, um, you know, I, I undersized my rails or actually I oversized my rails to purposely make sure that I had to fit them the way I want. So I get that nice tight fit. Well, then gotcha. um, you'll see on the barrel, you see where it's worn off. You had to fit the barrel as well. I had to fit, I had to fit the barrel as well. And then mm. I had to work on, I had to work on the lugs of the barrel and everything um the how kit, long did the it, kit, how long does it take you to build a 1911 like hours wise or days i guess um i can do one because i've done a few and i know i know what to do um i don't know i can do one without you know really if i'm just wanted to to go bang i just want to build one i can probably do one in about 14 hours um, that's a lot of man hours <laughs> uh this Yikes. one this one i probably have 60 hours into this gun 60 hours yeah about 60 hours into this gun um you'll also ready? see so i don't know if you can see right here there's a scratch uh-huh frame 
So you were talking about your P320 build where you broke a drill bit? Yeah. I broke a drill bit going through this. This frame, because this is not an aluminum frame. It's an, it's an all steel frame. Okay. And it has got to be, I swear, Jordan from JSD Supply designed this frame because it's the hard, it's like the hardest steel I could find. <laughs> that drill bit broke in my jig. So these scratches is from me pounding the frame out of my jig with that drill bit still sticking, kind of sticking in a little bit. <laughs> um, you got to do what you got to do. Sometimes. Yeah, do what you got to do. But um, I'm like, uh, I'll, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just weld that up later and, and cover that up. But, um, but the reason why this is so many hours is like I said, this, this slide fits perfectly. There's a nice, nice smooth transition between the, I've, filed that down um mm -hmm. you know doing the hand i did the, you know the checkering by hand uh fitting the slide doing all that all that stuff um the one thing i found on this kit was is so you had the link for your barrel you know you were talking about that the kit from um the, the sarco i i guess i pounded oh. the link and you're supposed to press it so, so well i i found i pounded it too but the problem <laughs> i had was is the length that came with it was too short. So there's like six different lengths of link. So what oh. was happening was, is that that barrel was not disengaging on the lugs. So that slide was essentially just not going to move. Okay. Um, so I had to shorten and that's basically, so, you know, like in your, in your Glocks, you know how you, you have the barrel tips, right? The barrel so tips, you have, yeah. Yeah, you have the 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 hood kind of comes up like that. Well, in the nineteen the in the nineteen eleven, there's ridges inside of here where it locks up that kind of acts like that. Okay. So you have to so on, on these you have to time them. So if it's not locking up too much, or if it's if it's locking up too much, you have a shorter link which will make the barrel move faster. Okay. Um, if that it's if like it's a lot too of much. It is. It, it, trust me, it is. Um, <laughs> if it, if, and trust me, when, when you get into these things, uh, working on that timing can be infuriating. Um, but once I you think I like the 1911. Once, man, if you do a 1911, I'll help you out with it. it, it it's honestly, man, I it's, like it's challenging. A fun build. I like challenging builds. So the reason why I steered away from Polymer 80s. Is because to me they got really easy after like the third or fourth one, so it actually got to the point where I wanted to do things that people said were not possible, like using Gen four and Gen five slides, or Gen five triggers, or Gen five recoil spring. You know, I I don't know if you saw the one video I put out, but I built an entire Gen five polymer eighty ambi slide stop and everything. Um, and people were saying it's not possible. You there's a little shelf for the spring on the ambi slide stop. I asked one of my friends that has a Gen 5, hey, bro, can you remove your slide and send me a photo of the inside where the slide lock spring or uh, the slide stop spring sits? It's like this little half moon shape kind of thing. And I said, okay, I think I can recreate this. So I epoxied the inside of the polymer 80 frame. And when it took me like five tries, uh, because it has to be very precise. 
but I, I replicated it on the Polymer 80 frame. I carved out the inside to get it to fit the Ambi slide stop. And I built a Gen 5 Polymer 80. Everyone said it was impossible. So I took it upon myself to make it possible. <laughs> you see, and that's kind of like we were talking about, like Marine Gun Builder. He, you just, you sit there and someone goes, you can't do it. Well, let me figure out why people say you can't do it. And then exactly. I'm going to figure a way around it. Um, exactly. I mean, uh, one of the one of the P320 builds I did was um, a P320 with a manual safety. Oh. So so there's only one place that you can um, that will cut because in the the FCU on the right hand side there's like a butterfly cut that's on it for the manual safety. Right. So it's a AB, a, a B prototype out of Tennessee, uh, formerly out of California. Um, he uh, he's he does them, and I got talking with Alex down there. Uh, he's the owner, and I go, "Hey, um, I want to do this build. Would you partner with me?" So basically, what he ended up doing was uh, selling me all of his parts for for a cost. Um, uh, I had bought my first. P320 build, I couldn't find lower parts kits. I actually bought them out of AB, AB prototype because he had them. Um, so I got to really kind of know him just yeah, talking to him. So we, we did the, you know, I did this build and um, where the hell was I going with this story? <laughs> about the safety on the P320? Yeah, the safety on the P320. And, um, you know, people were like, you know, well, can you, you know, they're like, you can't convert a manual safety to the, um, a no safety version of the P320. I'm going, I bet you I could figure that out. Why not? Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, one of the problems is the, the, the non-safety version of the P320, um, you know, the, the trigger bar doesn't work because it gets caught into this butterfly. So it's okay. like, so basically you're running everything from a standard P320 just with the manual safety trigger bar. You converted so a manual safety to a, to a non-safety P320 and it works. You just weld in that butterfly? No. I, I, oh, so no, um, he, I, you don't even fill it in. Just swap just the trigger? You, you swap the trigger bar out. You just keep oh. the manual safety trigger bar and run um, so basically for a manual safety P320, uh, the manual safety replaces the safety lifter pin. So basically, you pull this whole manual okay. safety out. You put a uh, the the pin in there for the safety lifter, and run your man run your manual safety trigger bar, and it's a standard P320 without the okay. without the safety. And I'm like, okay. I, I can, I can figure this out. Right. So, and that's so, what you do is you, you, just like you, you just, you just look at it, figure out how the gun works. That's just go to town. Yeah. Once I have it in my hand, it's a lot easier, but I, I yep. get a lot of messages from folks and they're like, Oh, my gun's doing this. Or they'll send me a video or a picture. And I'm like, bro, if I had it in my hands, it would be a lot easier to help. Uh, but since you yeah. brought up the P320, I'm actually sharing a screen with you here. If you could uh, throw that up there so you can see that. 
are you uh, so of course you know the p320 so you've heard of the mm -hmm. flux raider yep so this is the 3d printed version of the flux raider this takes the fcu of a p320 front mag holder the front rail and it does have the attachment for the brace and everything so pop out brace the top rail section there and this hole back here is for the charging handle uh, so essentially a 3D printed version of the Flux Raider, but with the uh, Icarus Precision Grip here, as you can see. Yeah. Um, and this was designed by Digital Nimbus Labs. I'm working with him on this prototype here, but uh, it, it's coming along. And so for me, it's always been about what's the next challenge. So when I got too comfortable with Polymer 80s, I, I just kept thinking like, what's next? Like what? And then that's when I did the P320 and I was like, okay, well, I don't want to build another P320. And that's when I found out about, about 3D printing and I started watching videos and I was like, okay, these things are not blowing up. <laughs> and everyone was yeah. like, oh, you can't 3D print a Glock. You can't 3D print a, yeah, an can. AR. It's going to blow up. And they don't blow up if you do it right. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny because you know, I've watched your 3D printing. I, the one that, so right below this side on the ground is my is my uh, is my Ender three. Um, the three V two. No, just the the original Ender Ender three. Okay. Um, I've had I've had it for three years now, um, wow. and I got I got into 3D printing you know three years ago with this Ender. Wow. And um, it was just. 3D printing was, I mean, that I'm like you. It's like, what's the next step? Yeah. Uh, what can I design? And then um, I had, there. so you have that one. I forget the name of this other one, but basically it's a, it's a grip module to turn the P320 into uh, a PDU, right? So you can put a stock on, uh, so basically it's a, it's a, PDU is personal defense. Uh, um, I forget what the U is now, but uh, sorry, I got like four hours of sleep last night. It's like um, a rifle, essentially. So basically, yeah, you you it's it's kind of like yours, where you're talking about putting the stock on the back. Um, it's a pistol brace. <laughs> it's a pistol brace. Pistol brace, right? Um, so uh, I'm looking at this thing, and everybody's going, you know, everybody prints it, you know this way well right well there's a lot of supports you got to add to here and then it looked like shit when you pull all the i always off. print rails down rails down so, I, so there's a yeah there's so a I huge debate how to do. i figured out how to print it rails down and <laughs> the problem you know you have um you know um you know i have put these little blocks into the print to raise it just a little bit on the bed i mean they're only like two millimeter blocks that we, i put a bunch of them rafts. there yeah, yeah rafts so i just it, you can just snap them right off that right. way all the supports are inside um with the exception of up into the you know the bottom part of you know the the trigger um the Right so funny it's so funny you're saying this we we obviously have like minds um or like mentality because that was my thought i said i don't want this ugly ass print 
I want my shit to look clean. <laughs> yeah, I want so, it clean. Well, everyone's like, you have to print it rails up because the dimensions inside have to be perfect and this and that. And uh -huh. I said, look, man, I'm going to print it rails down. I want my shit to look picture perfect. I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> yep. So most recently, I've been battling these guys back and forth on print orientations. And I've, get, I've got so many people converted into printing rails down that now they're calling it the P80 Ralph version of the print, you know, like, a, oh, I'm printing, I'm printing a P80 Ralph style rails down. You know, yeah. I didn't start it, but I thought it was the best way to do it because well, I want you to hide, look good. <laughs> yeah, you hide, you hide all those supports inside the gun where Leave. it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it looks like. But what I'm saying is, I, you know, I one of the things I'm jealous about your channel is is, um. I have a hard time with support. I've been playing with supports forever. Um, and Do you, I watch your videos and you're just like, I'm like, bastard. pop right out. Yeah. It, it's yeah, all about like, the Z. Hey, so well, do you, I, have, that's, do you that's use Cura or Prusa? I use Cura. Um, okay. I, I'm on Prusa I, Slicer. I, I tried Slicer and it drove me insane. No, I'm on um, Prusa Slicer. Oh, Prusa Slicer. Yeah. Okay. It's a bit easier to use, I found, than Cura. So I have a MacBook uh, M1. Apparently, it's not compatible with Cura. I yeah, started with Cura. Right over there. <laughs> I started I with Cura. M1 sitting there. Yeah. I started with Cura, and it was always crashing on me. Like, sure, I could slice. It would take like a half an hour. But then when I'm trying to check the, the preview, it would like get stuck on one of the layers, and it would crash yeah. and turn off, and I'd have to start all over. It was driving me nuts. And then I found this guy Hoffman Tactical on YouTube. Cool kid. I'm sorry, not kid. He's an adult. I have a lot of respect for Hoffman Tactical because of what he does. This this guy, he's got some balls, man. Um, he's testing out different filaments and everything. But he, he specifically uses Prusa Slicer. And I thought, okay, this man knows what he's talking about. I'm going to try Prusa Slicer. And I never looked back. Um, I learned it in a couple of days. And it, that's I've been looking at um, I've been looking at changing slicers just because, um, you know, I, I've talked to um, was a 2A 3D print um, online. Man, so, yeah. Yeah. So I've talked to him and he's just like, dude, you need to get off Cura. You know, he goes, what if he you use? want. Um, I think it's on slicer. OK, I'm pretty sure. But he's just like Cura sucks at at uh, supports. And I'm like, yeah, but and uh, how I got talking to him was, um, are you using PLA for your for your print? I stick to PLA plus for pretty much everything. Yep. Okay, I, I recently started playing around with some of the Polymaker, uh, Polymax, Polylite. Polyterra, but my go-to is PLA plus. See, see, I I I went from PLA to PLA plus, and then from PLA plus I went to Pet G. Oh, and that's ballsy. And that's yeah. So this is how I got talking with Matt, right? And he's just <laughs> like, so you know, he didn't really know me. I I I ran into him because I was talking to Jordan from JSD Supply, and he's like, go talk, go, go talk to him, right? So I was talking to him and he's just like, hey, you might want to learn how to print on, you know, PLA and PLA plus. And I go, yeah, I've been doing this for two years. Um, now I'm looking to up my game. He's like, OK. 
sorry, I get a lot of questions from people who just like, uh, you know, just started. I'm like, no, Brand no, no. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's just like, yeah, you kind of like have fun with that. <laughs> um, but I got my prints down. Uh, I got the quality down pretty good. Now it's now it's screwing around with those those um, supports because with that pet G supports are like glue. Pet G, from my understanding, is very brittle. If you fire a couple of shots through that, the frame could snap. Uh -uh. No, uh -uh. your shit, your shit works. <laughs> <laughs> So, so okay. pet, pet G is actually um, a little more elastic than PLA. Okay. So where PLA will, you know, if you'll eventually work a stress crack, uh, the pet G actually flexes a little more. Mm. So, but it's not, even though it has that flexibility to it, it doesn't, it's still not as strong as PLA plus. But okay. I, I'm working with it because I wanted to deal a little bit. I'd rather the print flex a little bit than be solid to the point where it just suddenly fails. So um, my, from my research, Pet G seems to be more heat resistant, which is why a lot of people mm -hmm. tend to that's try why, it out. That's why I went there. But. but it's a little too brittle in the sense that it'll just break as opposed to where the PLA plus will actually bend before giving out. So you actually start yeah. to get jams before the, the frame actually breaks. And that's been my experience. I did many high round count mag dumps, just trying to see so, how far I could take it. And the PLA plus has never literally broken in my hands. PLA tough has on the G43 that I did frame literally just snapped. Wow. Yeah, I haven't had a problem with the with the PLA uh, the the Pet G. The I think the one of the problems that people do with Pet G is they think it's PLA. So they run, you know, the problem with Pet G is that you run it at really high temperatures in order to get that thing to to print. Like uh, my or no, I'm I got it down to my prints are running 230 uh 235. Okay, that's not bad. Um, my bed's running at eighty. Oh, that's and not... then the you need and, and trust me, you need to put something down on your bed because I'm printing on glass. Um, I use uh, I use a uh, glue stick. Uh, glue stick, right? Yeah, glue stick. because if you don't, you could actually chip the glass pulling off of the LA print. You got to get uh, yourself. You got to get yourself one of these textured PEI sheets, man. The I best know. upgrade I, I've ever made. The best upgrade. I, I, I've been looking at it. The problem I have is that uh, I fired up the printer the other day. Um, my printer kept on going. I, it, it, like a couple of minutes into the print, the printer would go into a thermal shutdown. Oh, that's uh, your... So, uh, so the, the runaway protect. The runaway, the, you know, the runaway heat protection kicked in. If you're a therm thermosaur, it's a little sensor that goes inside well, your hot end. You just got to swap well, that here's out. The th here's the thing. It wasn't the hot end that, that was saying it was running in, running away. It was the bed. They said the bed was going through a runaway. What? I've never seen, I've, I've never seen and no one's heard of a bed going through a thermal runaway and shutting the printer down. 
And I'm looking through, um, cause I use, I use a uh, Octoprint to print with. Okay. So okay. I got a little, I have a little raspberry Pi and stuff that's hooked up into the printer and I'm looking through mm-hmm. the logs and there's no, it, it actually was losing temperature and it went through a thermal runaway. And I'm like, yeah, I got a, I got a sensor. I got a sensor. It's going bad. So um, I got to fix that. But anyways, um, um, with the, the pet G is I'm running at 235. So it's not, it's not too bad. What people are doing is they're thinking it's PLA and they're running their fans at a hundred percent. You're cooling the pet G too fast. And what happens is you actually get a point where you could actually delaminate your layers with pet G. Mm. That makes so sense. for me, I'm running the fans at uh, 40%, 40, except for my supports. At supports, I'm running it at 100, because I okay. need those supports to draw to 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 go fast. I need them to harden. So if you um, do want to print rails down and you do want to know my supports, I it was I think it was the last video I posted. It was this. Uh, I it was, was a watching, red frame. The red, the red one. I was watching that one yes, uh, yesterday. I was watching that one. Uh, that's why I, I'm saying I was looking at it going, you bastard. I, I, I would kill for all, that. I posted all my settings at the end of that video. Literally every yep. page of my Prusa Slicer settings. You could download Prusa Slicer and copy all those settings. You'll get the same results. So, yeah, I, I was <laughs> looking at that. I was uh, – trust me, man. I was I, – I was using well, some that, adult language explaining going, how the is he doing well, that? And then that yeah, I also, saw the thing at the end. That's also HTPLA from Protopasta. So that stuff is pretty expensive because of how uh, precise it is. The way that thing bridges the overhangs, it just prints Perfect. so clean. It's it's amazing how, how good it prints. And I printed at 205. And a lot wow. of people are still printing 220 with PLA plus. I've taken some of my prints down to 200, but then again, it, wow. it it's also based on speed. I'm going like 30, you know. And these okay, guys yeah, are trying to print. That. Well, these I'm, guys are trying to print at 50 to get these, you know, quicker prints. But to me, it's no, about having a nicer, cleaner print quality. Exactly. If I got to yeah. wait an extra five hours for a better print, I'm okay with. I'll that. do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm running on that. Pet G, I think I'm running around 40. Um, yeah, that's, this, that's pretty normal. Yeah. And the, the, the problem, you said the problem with Pet G is it's really stringy. Uh. So on Pet G, you are, you are working with your retraction. I think my retraction is like six millimeters right now. Yeah, I haven't You're, gotten that down. I, I tried playing with it a couple of times and every time I mess with it, I get a bunch of stringiness and I just left it alone. Yeah. I'm at five and 60 with the retraction yeah i i think i'm five i think i'm at five and 80 i'd have to look oh no six i'm at six and 80 but with that since that uh pet g is so stringy you're pulling it back far and fast to try to keep that oozing out um and then in cura there's um coasting there's a setting for for print coasting so basically it's it's watching for when you're coming up to an end and it will stop the feed realizing that you're going to have some ooze. Okay. So it'll stop a little sh- it'll stop feeding like a millimeter short to the end 
and then it'll also knock the uh, the oozing back. I gotcha. But yeah, yes. I this I've is hours why, of screwing with it. This is why I got into three D printing because it's so much stuff to learn, and I love learning. So for me, it, it's a constant lesson like every day i'm learning something new like this week i've tried four times to print this invader that p320 i just showed you the invader three times failed every time uh within like 20 hours in you know like halfway in the, the layer shifted and it crashed and the whole thing fell over and then i woke up to spaghetti and <laughs> yeah <laughs> three times and i just gave up on it i said you know what it's okay. I'm not meant to print this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Try again next week. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, that's why I got into 3D printing. I mean, you and I are a lot the same. It's just, it sounds you know, I'm like, like it, yeah. where's the next, what's the next thing? Um, you know, where am I going to go with this? Um, how am I, you know, and I have many, uh, I'm an insomniac anyway. Um, there's many times I'm down here at like two o'clock in the morning like, okay, why the hell is this doing this? Um, yeah. Or it's like, since since I have since I have a um, Octoprint on on my printer, you know, it's like I'll, I'll roll over, you know, it's like I, I'll roll over in bed and I'll wake up and I'm like, pick up my phone and then launch a web browser so I can see the picture of the print going, all right, it's not spaghetti, so that's good. I can go back to bed. And then, of course, <laughs> you know, I'll roll back in bed and then my mind just starts turning about well what if i do this what if i tweak this yeah. well shit i gotta get up now <laughs> sometimes i have dreams about my prints it's crazy yeah <laughs> so i actually keep my favorite printer in the bedroom with me just so i can watch it uh it's a cr6 se uh creality wow. yep. but i have a, a ender 3 v2 and a cr10 v3 that i keep in the other room uh, but yeah, it sounds like I need what you're talking about—the octoprint. If I could just look at my phone and see my print, that would be awesome. So, so it gets it gets even better with with this. I have octoprint um, hooked up to uh, crap. What is it? Telegram. You know the the messenger app, Telegram, that okay. goes encrypted. So mm -hmm. I have a bot on um, Telegram. That's just locked down to my account. And then like at each layer, it, it'll take a snapshot. So, and it'll send it to me. Oh. Or I can say it, it, each layer, or I can say like at like every five millimeters of print, send me a picture. And then, so it'll, it'll send me a picture. That's um, pretty cool. <laughs> so is that how people do those uh, time lapses? No, I do. I, I have an app. I have an app for that. Um, okay. But uh, let me see here. I'm trying to find where the hell. There it is. Octoprint. I'll see if. I never got into it because it sounds so complex and the Raspberry yeah. Pi and this and that. It's not that hard. Dude, if you do it, I can walk you through it. It's, it's not hard. So okay. there's the picture. There's the picture. There's the bed. You can see 80%. Uh, come on, focus. So it gives you some detail in the photo. So it gives you, yeah. So it gives you the bed, the extruder. Uh, so that print was finished. Let me get what it was actually printing. Um, you have multiple printers. So, um, so you can see 
the extruder temperature, the you know, the bed temperature it was running 225 was the uh, print. It was 21% done. Um, and then That's if awesome. I see some, if I see something there, I can change the temperature. I can change your feed rates. I can send commands right through it to control the that, burner. That's um, awesome. But yeah, there, there's stuff. Yeah, if you do, if you want to do Octoprint, it's not that hard. Um, the hardest thing is actually writing out the SD card. Um, it's like the P320. It's one of those things that just sounds hard and I just put it off. You know, eventually see, I'm going to do it. <laughs> well, you see, for me is I've been screwing around with computers since I was in the third grade. So, okay. So I, 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 it just, it, the, stuff like that just comes natural to me. Gotcha. But, but yeah, if you, if you do it, dude, you, you got my cell phone number. Just, I, I'll walk, I'll walk you through it. It's, it's, it's not that hard. Um, and right once on. you do it, once you do it, you will be like, how the hell did I ever do it? So, um, how do you send your prints to your printer? Do you just write it to the SD card and then stick your SD card in? SD, well, so I have a Mac, so I actually have to have this uh, this hub okay. that so, attaches. The, yeah, I put the, the card in the hub. So I run then, yeah. I run Max too. Um, so so what you'll end up doing is you will end up launching a web browser on your Mac. You will take your your file, your G code file, and you will drag it right onto that tab, and it'll upload. To your printer, no SD card, no SD card. <laughs> That's crazy. Because <laughs> sounds like <whip> because <laughs> yeah. Because well, what's happening is you're uploading it to the little Raspberry Pi, which has storage on it. Oh, the Raspberry Pi is just storage. The Raspberry Pi is the storage, and and it's running the web, okay. you know, the, the the web server and all that. That um, makes more sense. And that's I where you'll get. So when you do that, there's an app in there to do your time lapses. Okay. That's how I do my time lapses. And then, you know, I can tell the time lapse to say, uh, pull my print head to the back left corner and take your picture. Um, and then that's how you plug in your webcam. You plug your, your webcam into your Raspberry Pi. I gotcha. That makes more sense. And then, so, so yeah, it's... Me, the, the whole 3D printing thing, it's just, it's so revolutionary, so next level. And it's crazy because these uh, lawmakers have been going after P80s for so long that it, yep. the 3D printing kind of went, you know, under the radar for a long time. And now it it's kind of caught their attention because they mentioned it specifically on that, uh, the U S Senate on that letter. letter. That they well, yeah. What's so funny is that, you know, the two of us have been on each other's channel, but we've never talked before until that letter. Yeah. <laughs> because, because both of us <laughs> were on that on letter. Oh, yeah. We were both on the list. I was like, Oh damn, they took down his P320 video. That's messed up. <laughs> well, what's so funny is, um, so I found out from dark about the letter. I didn't even know the letter existed. And, you know, one morning I wake up and um, so I had taken all of my 80% videos down because I'm looking at the content there going, if someone gets pissed, I'm going to lose my channel. That's well, they found the one, me. they found the, yeah, well, basically I remember when you got taken down, that's when I took all my videos down. <laughs> um, I was I'm like, glad I'm, I could save you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that, that's not going to happen to me. So. What ended up happening is they found the one, they found the one video I forgot to take down. Oh man! 
so, so, so you know the, the video got taken down i'm like oh i was worried that's been out there for like two and a half years and then yeah. dark goes dark goes you know you're on this letter right and i'm like no and then he sent me the the screenshots of the letter because you sent it to dark yeah I and i'm like dark. At that last page i'm like Oh well, shit. That's what happened to that video. Yeah, there's a couple other guys on there. Tactical Toolbox. Mm -hmm. um, I think he was the only one I could remember. Uh, but a couple other guys that were small time. Mister Bags, Flexo. Yep. Uh, I can't remember the other ones, but those are the the only two that I actually watched. But uh, yeah, Tactical Toolbox. I think his 1911 video got taken down, and surprisingly yeah. enough, th this is a new channel I started. So. Uh, all right, let me go into a little detail here. So NBC reached out to me, or one of their reporters did, this guy Joshua Eaton, and I'll name him specifically because it's his fault my channel got taken down at 16K. 16,000 subscribers took me two years, okay? This man literally wiped off all of my progress overnight. Um, I agreed to do this interview with him because everyone else declined. I thought... As, you know, this this guy that everyone's asking questions to and, you know, my P80 build video had almost half a million views. So I felt like a lot of people were using that as reference to go back to when they were doing their builds, which is the case, because after that video got taken down, so many people started messaging me, man, where's that video, man, where's that? I was like, bro, my channel got deleted. Did you not realize yeah. this? Like this is a new channel. They're like, oh, I'm not even subscribed anymore. I said, this is a new channel. So that that uh, that interview led to him reaching out to YouTube and saying, hey, look, this guy knows he's putting out content that he shouldn't put out, and you guys are allowing him to do it. So what did YouTube yeah. do? They gave me three strikes instantly, deleted all of my build videos, and uh, yeah, deleted the channel. But luckily... Two weeks prior to that, I had started an Odyssey, and all of those so videos got taken over. Yeah, 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 and that's except and that's for what the I ones have. they deleted. That's so weird. my most popular video, the one with like 500k, gone. The Lone Wolf build video, gone. Um, and then I, I had started a new channel while this was going on. It was uh, Ralph the Builder. It was, I don't know, just you know, like Bob the Builder because I build stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's so, funny because that's that's what was going through my mind the second you said Ralph the Builder. I'm like, oh, Bob the Builder. You just did yeah, you have a yellow exactly. hat? I did not. No. <laughs> so you, you should have done it. Well, I scrapped the name because I felt like my entire everything has been based on this P80 Ralph logo, the P80 Ralph brand. Yeah. You know, I started the LLC and everything. I like made it a legit company. So I didn't want to just throw all that away because some jerk off at NBC decided that, you know, he thought my content was inappropriate. Um, but yeah, long story short, I started a new channel and I did not upload any build videos. Every single video in my mind, at least, was compliant to YouTube community guidelines. But the U.S. senators found three videos that they thought violated the guidelines I appealed them and I told YouTube, look, these comply. These are not building videos. I'm showing a problem, how to fix it. Yep. There's nothing going on as far as building here. Nope. Rejected. They kept it down. Gave me a strike. Um, Did you yeah, only get one strike? One strike, two warnings. Because they know none of those were build videos. They know, but they needed to do something because the U.S. Senate reached out to them 
And I was, like I said, I was the only guy on this list without a build video. Three times yeah, and, on this list. <laughs> oh, it's, it's funny because when I saw that you were on there three times, I'm like, warning, strike, strike. I'm like, holy crap, he's in trouble. Yeah, um, about to get deleted again. Yeah, I'm like, he's got, he's got one more and he's done. I'm like, yeah. again. <laughs> no, luckily but, uh, it was warning, warning, strike. So after that, I went and I privated all my other, anything that was remotely well, like, hey, this is a trigger issue. Like I privated all those videos. So now pretty much all you can find is uh, some basic 3D printed stuff and yeah. uh, my, my, my live streams, right? The, the roaster builds. Well, it's funny because, um, you know, I was looking, I, I was looking when I was on your channel yesterday, um, you know, I have two buddy. So I can see, you know, the views and stuff. There's a graph and I can see the graph, you know, for me, it goes straight down for the amount of views because they took a video down with like, what, 60 or 45,000 views. It went yeah. straight down. So, you know, mine's blue on there. I see yours is like, you know, here. And then both of them go down at the, the exact same time. Like that's the, that's the letter. The, the because video... they take all the, they take all those views away from you. Like yeah. I was over a million views. I'm now under a million views again because they. But if you if you take your video and go private, and you know they won't take it down at that point, you get to keep all the views. Is that right? Yeah, I I found that if you go private, um, at least the last time I did it, but it was been a while ago. Uh, Maybe on the views. Yeah, I think I'm, yeah, maybe it's unlisted. I okay. think you get to keep I've the views. Private, I've done private before and it deletes it, but unlisted I think does still count. I think it can, yeah, that's what it that's what I did. So I took okay. it, I took mine because they're still there, they're just unlisted. Anybody yeah. and the thing is is anybody with the link will know it's there. Right. Um, so that's what I was thinking. I was thinking I could just keep them all unlisted and if somebody needs it, I'll just send them the link and people can yeah. share it themselves but at this point i don't even want to risk it anymore and i'm questioning yeah. whether i even want to be on youtube but then it's like there's not many people on odyssey or rumble or any of these other people. youtube is the platform so i was on um i was on a podcast uh august or september uh somewhere around there so it was a podcast that i had listened to for years and uh i got on there and we were talking about you know building a, a gun channel business type thing. Right. And he's like, so why YouTube? And I go, that's where the people are. I mean, the I'm on world. <laughs> I'm on full 30. Um on uh, full 30. I I'm lucky if I get 30 views on a video. Yeah. Um uh I, oddly enough I'm getting more views on Brighteon lately. Um I've never heard of it yeah it's i think that's when alex jones got taken down i think he created his own like network uh, I think oh, it's, okay. and i think it's i think it's brighty on because all okay. of alex jones is out there um uh i stopped uploading to you uh huge tube because it was just getting spammed like crazy um but yeah it's like where do you go to get the views because it's like you know it's like, hey guys, I'm over on these other platforms. Go watch it there. And nobody goes. Nobody goes because it's, <laughs> it's YouTube.com. Like, well, it's a, all right. So, 
as a consumer, I want to say it's a hassle. I've never, yep. I've always watched people. Hey, if you want to know the, the full process of doing this, go check out my Odyssey. I never clicked the damn link. Nope. <laughs> I don't want to no. go on Odyssey, but now I am on Odyssey. And I think that's the next best competitor to YouTube right now because more people are think- starting to become aware of it. And eventually that's where we're all going to have to go as gun tubers and people who, yep. who are looking for gun content are going to have to go to Odyssey because YouTube is giving us no other choice. Well, and the, the nice thing with Odyssey is since it's blockchain, you can't take it down. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy, right? <laughs> that content's there. You can't take yeah. it down. It's like, hey, you need to delete this video. We literally can't. You know, we yep. would have to like actually go out of business to take that one video down. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's it, it those platforms that that's the hard thing is that it's just so easy. I mean, you know, YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. You know, the first is Google, and oddly Google, enough, yeah. Google owns YouTube. Yeah. Um, and that, that's the hardest part as a content creator, at least for me. And I, and you just said the same thing: is getting the people to go to the other platform. They and don't want to go. They don't want to go. I mean, you know, there, it's, and, and, you it's know, after the ad after the adpocalypse, all these platforms popped up. Well, then everybody's just like, well, which one's going to take off? None of them did. Yeah, and so I, I used to be part of the partner program, and you mentioned the adpocalypse and all that. And I remember there was a time period when all the content creators were complaining, "Oh, I got yellow marks on all my videos," and you know, some of these guys had like millions of views on these videos. So I can only imagine, you know, you're making a couple thousand dollars a month, maybe several thousand dollars a month, yep. to a couple hundred. That's a huge blow. That's like they're trying to kill this sure. segment of the uh the platform there they don't want this on their platform but in a way we can sort of compl- like there's still a lot of channels out there that are still on youtube specifically exclusively so i played around with you know youtube just changed their monetization policy um where it's disassembly and reassembly for cleaning and maintenance okay so i tested it and uh, a video I had back in January, it was uh, field stripping a Winchester model, uh, not Winchester, model for it now, field stripping a Remington 870 um, Wingmaster or 870 shotgun. So I pulled my 870 out and did the field strip of it. And then like when I'm done disassembly, I put up there reassembly begins. At, I think it was like 16 minutes and 16 seconds. And then okay, I went into the, this really okay. lame thing about, hey, this barrel looks like it's got some lead in it. Let's run a bore brush through it. You know, I'm doing all this stuff, right? So I went full, you know, I when you do your self-certification, I, I said green, right? Go full. It, it matches. Well, of course, it came back yellow. You know, they said it was yellow. I'm like, mm. oh, hell no. Review the video. So they reviewed the video and then they agreed with the yellow. And I'm like, oh no, I opened up a ticket and then got it overridden to green. And I'm like, even you Damn, guys don't you know. Your, it. Yeah, even you guys don't know your, your own new policies. 
because it's so arbitrary. They just pick and choose what they want. It's it's like if it, so. The problem with YouTube and Google is that they kind of have a monopoly on this on this uh, mm-hmm. this this platform. Oh, they they, 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 they totally can easily do. be they can easily be bought by politicians and influencers. Whoever has the most amount of money that can put down, they will comply with uh, those folks and usually lawmakers i want to say because of how much power they have they could easily you know write some laws that could kind of crush this monopoly essentially if they wanted to um but they don't because you know they're they're working they're working hand in hand and i i hate to sound like a conspiracy theorist but uh i i sort of feel like ah let me not sound crazy here let me pick my words Right. Um, Essentially, I feel like the U.S. government is working with these big companies to harvest data. They they want the data. Yeah, we should. The two of us should get onto Dark's podcast one night together. (laughs) You, you, (laughs) me, and Dark. You, me, and Dark together. We that would be and talking about this subject. It would yeah. be it would be it'd be hilarious, but no, I know exactly <laughs> where you're going with that. Um, yeah, you know, and and the one thing I have, I, I haven't had a chance to finish it, but so it's like they took you know that letter went out. Those five senators sent that sent that letter to YouTube to take the th- take the video down. I looked at it, and went, I violated policy. I get it, and it, that's the one video I forgot to take down. Okay, I'll take the warning on that one. But what pissed me off about the letter is how much money, how much taxpayer money went into the Congress enforcing policy of a private organization where no laws were broken. It's nuts. Yeah. That's what pissed me off. And that's where um, I'm writing a letter to my two senators going, this is, at least unethical, if not illegal use of taxpayer money. I don't care if they had an intern that was making, you know, $10 an hour. That was taxpayer money that was used to enforce the policies of a private company. I'll Um, call out the five senators by name here. I'm looking at the actual letter. Uh, Richard Blumenthal, Robert Menendez. So you realize there's a yeah. 3D printed magazine called the Menendez yeah, the, magazine. Menendez magazine. Yep. Through yep. this guy. <laughs> Christopher Murphy. Corey Booker. <laughs> this is like the most corrupt guy ever. Uh, yeah. And Edward Markey. These were the five senators that signed off on this letter, specifically addressed to the CEO of YouTube. Of YouTube. It, it's nuts. <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, my brother yeah. stopped speaking to me because of this. He thinks I'm getting myself in the trouble and my mom's not happy. Um, <laughs> but that's the whole thing. Is you didn't crazy. You didn't break a law. I didn't. I'm still here. Nobody kicked out my door. I'm not yeah. breaking any laws. Um, but yeah, I think they, just don't, they don't want the information out there. We're making it so readily available that it's pissing them off. It's killing gun control they, completely. It's, it's making the laws irrelevant. As long as we can yeah. comply with the laws, they can't stop the 3D printing yeah. or the building at home. They can't. No, they can't. They're trying to, not, but they just they, they can't. They, they haven't been able to pull it off. 
we're not building machine guns. We're not building NFA items. We're not building short barrel rifles or short barrel shotguns. Everything we're doing is 100% compliant with the law. And that's and the, the funny thing is, is that um, so, you know, last year with the ATF, um, you know, the, everybody jumped on the brace, the, the gun brace thing. Right. Um, you know, are the pistol brace. The pistol uh, brace. The, they had the, the regulation. The ATF wanted to redefine what a pistol brace is. Basically, they were trying to take a pistol brace and saying it's now a stock. Yeah, well, they, everybody they jumped whole, on the whole rating yeah, system. Yeah. yeah, everybody jumped on that one. But right behind it was the definition of precursor items. It was so bad that even Sig Sauer went, Oh, hell no, this is not good because <laughs> it, it was going to be to the point like on a P320, it was like 20 parts inside a P320 were going to need a 4473. That's crazy. So, yeah. So if you broke, if you broke, some, you know, these, these 20 parts, like if you broke the sear in the, in the, the P320, got to go to that. You FFL. want, you were going to have to get it through an FFL and file a forty-four seventy-three to get that sear. It's crazy. It's crazy. If you if you were going to um, let's say you bought a Glock, and then uh, you know how Glock has the serial number of the gun on the barrel, the barrel, the slide, and the frame. Yeah. So you buy and let's just say you wear out the barrel, and you you want another Glock barrel, not even an aftermarket, but even an aftermarket. You're going to need a 4473 to get a new barrel. Yeah, that's bullshit. So it was it was bad. Um, and I wrote on I, I remember writing on my comment for that one, going, "Hey, look, you do realize that building guns in your house is an American tradition that predates our country. It's it's how they fought the Civil War, it's, from my understanding. Exactly. I mean, that's people maintain their own stuff." You know, and I said, I go, look, you know, today's, you know, today's 80% builder just might be tomorrow's, you know, John Moses Browning. You have no idea where this, this industry can take, can go with this thing. People are becoming innovative. You know, we talked earlier, you, you with the Gen 5 slide, me with the, the, the manual safety conversion. You, well, you have the, the people whole... that just figure this out. 3D printing. So there, there's an entire community dedicated to this. And I've been part of some of these beta groups. And these guys are like 20, 30 deep, all working on one single project. When you have that many minds going into one specific thing, trying to get this one pistol or rifle, whatever it may be, the, the project at hand. I've, I was recently part of, uh, there's this guy, Invader Zip. He came out with a, uh, a build called the Arc. It's a modular AR style platform. It allows you to shoot 9, 45, 40, and 10 millimeter all from the same platform, depending on what barrel and bolt carrier group wow. you use. So there, I've spent uh, maybe two months in that group giving my input. Hey, guys, I think we need an over-insertion tab. The ejector broke when I stuck in the magazine with the empty bowl. You know, just little stuff like that. But everything right. adds up to the point where, by the end, you have a functional firearm that's ready for release to the public. And imagine if companies did this. 
Yeah, I mean, well, so look at um, look at Jay Stark, okay, in the 3D printing world. Mm. He the stuff you know before before he died. Unfortunately, he died early. He died young. He died really young too. R.I.P. Jay I mean, Stark. Yeah. So it's like, hey, you want to make your own barrel? Awesome. Go grab this pipe. This particular pipe. Grab a battery charger, and I'm going to show you how to rifle barrel. The ECMing, yeah, that looks yeah. so difficult. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, and I'm sitting there looking at it going, who the hell comes up with this stuff? And they, there's people that just sit down and figure it out. And, <laughs> yeah. And it, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy what people will come up with. And it's like, you are now, I mean, you have these people that are literally going to, you know, going to inspire the next gun builders yeah. to want to build a gun. You come so, up with a design, you might get picked up by a, a, a gun company. A big company. That's that's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. It's so your, just, You're building your resume. Just a little background for any listeners that don't know who Jay Stark is. He's actually a uh, 3D printer gun builder from Europe. So what Europe. he was doing was was technically illegal where he was, which is the only reason why they ended up raiding him. Um, but if he was doing that in America, he may still be here today. My understanding is that he had a heart attack. Uh, he, he previously had heart conditions. Um, once again, I don't mean to sound like a conspiracy theorist here, but I think they killed the guy during this raid, but they're saying he had a heart attack. Um, but yeah, he, what he was doing was illegal in his jurisdiction, but he set the precedence for this movement where anyone can do this. doesn't matter where you are. There's guys in, uh, what's that country, uh, Neymar or what's the country yeah. called? Oh yeah. Um, Neymar. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't, I can't. Like I'm butchering it. Yeah, I know. But, uh, yeah, it, I know exactly now. I know exactly what you're talking about, but it's just like well, I these guys are now. Well, they're now also building the same gun that Jay Stark helped design, which is the FGC nine uh, yep. F gun control nine, uh, the Mark two. So they now have the second version of it. And these guys are building these in foreign countries because you don't need proprietary parts. Everything can be made at home or through a 3d printer. And they're, there's yeah. a lot of controversial designs now where people are using proprietary parts and there's a big debate in the uh, in the, the FOSCAD community because they're saying FOSCAD stands for free and open source. Why are you using proprietary parts? That's not free and open source. We got to buy right. this specific part. So it, it, there's a lot of debate back and forth, but uh, I'm kind of straying here. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. Well, Look, we've been talking for an hour and a half now, um, and and I know the two of us will be talking forever. And I know in about eight minutes, my <laughs> wife's going to be like, uh, "Are we going to eat dinner?" Um, How long do your podcasts usually last? Uh, anywhere for about an hour to uh, hour and a half. Okay, so we're right so, on the mark. That's fine. So we're right on the <laughs> mark. <got> so. <laughs> Yeah, I could go for hours, man. I could go for hours. I, two of us will be here until, well, until you have to go to work tomorrow morning. Uh, yeah. talking. <laughs> but uh, but tell the audience how they can get a hold of you, you know, your Instagram and and uh, and your YouTube channel. Uh, on YouTube, I am P80 Space Ralph, P80 Ralph. 
I am on Instagram as Strike80Ralph because uh, Instagram deleted my original P80Ralph account. <laughs> so this is my second account. And I recently started a Twitter a couple months ago at P80Ralph. No spaces, no underscore, none of that. Uh, I am most active on Twitter. That's where the entire 3D printed community is. Um, some strange fellows on there, but overall we have the same goals in mind and we all think alike. You know, we all want to build cool stuff and help each other out. Um, definitely uh, got to be open-minded when you get into the 3D printing yeah. thing. <laughs> you do. You do. Yeah. So everybody definitely go check out uh, P80 Ralph's website or not website, uh, his YouTube channel and all the social media. Um, you know, I've watched his videos. Um, it, it, they're great. Um, and I am so jealous of his 3D printing skills, like we talked about earlier. I just started. Um, You've been doing this three years. What do you come on? Yeah, I know, but 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 it's just that whole thing. Supports are just my kryptonite. I don't. <laughs> you need I don't know slicer. why. Bruce is slicer. So, yeah, it's got to be the slicer. So, uh, yeah. so guys, definitely go check it out. Ralph, it, it's been great talking to you. Um, you know, it, we only just really started talking just a couple of days ago um, yeah. because of this letter and, and definitely um, it, it's been, it's been an honor having you on and, and it's great. It's great knowing you and actually getting a chance to, to talk to you live. Thank you. It's been an honor being here. Thank you. Like I said, I, I started up watching you. So it, it's crazy to, to be a guest on your channel. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to get a chance to tell my side of the story, I guess. Yeah, no problem. So thank, thank you so much. Ralph's a great guy. I, you know, like I said in the beginning, I've never talked to the guy before. I mean, really until a couple of days before we recorded this podcast, we, we, we just kind of exchanged a couple of messages where I asked him if you want to come on the podcast. And he's like, sure. So we got on this and trust me, if I didn't have a time constraint and, you know, Ralph works construction and he goes to bed early and, um, you know, if we didn't have those constraints, if this was a weekend where we recorded it, because we recorded this during the weekday, we, God, this could have been easily a four-hour podcast. Um, two of us will just get talking. And I had a great time talking to Ralph. Um, he really is a great guy. Go check out his channel. He's got some great content out there. Um, he does have a little thing where they do, you know, they rate the build. I can't remember off the top of my head what he calls that thing, but um, it, it gets interesting sometime. And then I sent him a picture after the podcast of my first build. And you may have seen it on uh, Instagram or some of the social media. It was, we were playing with Cerakote. And my wife was like, hey, let's do this thing as tie-dye. And I'm like, man, that's beyond my seracoding capabilities. But we could do hippie flash. I sent that picture to Ralph. I'm sure it's going to end up on this thing. And I'm sure people are going to rip that build apart. That paint job on that thing is not for everyone. Honestly, it's just not. But it was kind of fun to do. But um, definitely, like I said before, go check out Ralph. If you like the work that I do here, please consider supporting me for free by shopping my affiliate links and banners at 
.trb.fyi. Click on the banner to go to, you know, Brownells or any of the other affiliate associations I have. And when you make that purchase, a small portion of your purchase will come back to the channel so that I can continue to bring you content. It's not going to cost you any more than you are already going to spend. You can also make a direct donation at www.trb.fyi. And that's also where those affiliate links and banners are as well. Also, you can consider being a Patreon. You can be a member as little as a dollar a month. And that will help me continue to bring content. If you didn't check out the update video that I had for the channel, I have a build going on and it's not a gun build. I'm building what I, I'm still working with the title right now. It's tentatively titled Jason's ultimate gun workbench. It's probably going to change, but that is an expensive project. And since I don't have my day job, I'm doing all this just with the affiliate revenue and the Patreon money and um, the ad revenue, which is not a whole lot. All that stuff does not add up to a whole lot. So definitely consider supporting the channel if you want to see more content like that. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there. And I look forward to talking to you again soon.